Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're able to join us for this act of worship. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists, and I'm standing in front of our journalists' commemorative altar. We're aware as never before of the dangers that those in the industry face when bringing us the news. However, we are, of course, here for all of you, journalists and non-journalists alike. Do please leave us a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text of how to do so. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins. I welcome you very warmly to St Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this the fifth Sunday after Trinity. We're delighted that you're able to join us online for this service. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, 
that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The Old Testament lesson is written in the book Genesis, chapter 41, beginning at the first verse. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed. And behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favoured kine and fat-fleshed, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kine came up after them out of the river, ill-favoured and lean-fleshed, and stood by the other kine upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favoured and lean-fleshed kine did eat up the seven well-favoured and fat kine. So Pharaoh awoke, and he slept and dreamed the second time. And behold, seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put me in ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream in one night, I and he. We dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was there with us a young man, a Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams, to each man according to his dream he did interpret. And it came to pass, as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me he restored unto mine office, and him he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself and changed his raiment, and he came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it, and I have heard say of thee that thou can understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good kind are seven years. And the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. 
and the seven thin and ill-favoured kine that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty years blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land, and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years, and let them gather all the food of those good years that come, and lay upon corn under the hand of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through famine. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. This is the word of the Lord.
The New Testament lesson is written in the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 4, beginning at the 8th verse. Now ye are full. Now ye are rich. Ye have reigned as kings without us. And I would to God ye did reign, that we also might reign with you. For I think that God hath set forth us, the apostles, last, as it were, appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle unto the world, and to angels, and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake. But ye are wise in Christ. We are weak, but ye are strong. Ye are honourable, but we are despised. Even unto this present hour we both hunger and thirst, and are naked and are buffeted, and have no certain dwelling place, and labour working with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world, and are the offscouring of all things unto this day. This is the word of the Lord.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of the church is governed and sanctified, hear our prayer which we offer for all thy faithful people, that in their vocation and ministry they may serve thee in holiness and truth to the glory of thy name, through our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Throughout his letter to the Corinthians, Paul emphasises his poverty. And in tonight's reading, we saw an example. We are poorly clothed and beaten and homeless, he says. Elsewhere in Paul's letters, we read, I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty, he says. It appears then that Paul had a prosperous upbringing, and that he felt his poverty keenly, but managed to live with it. Elsewhere we can see a rather different attitude to poverty. St Francis, for example, referred to it as holy poverty, and indeed it is one of the three obligations of religious life, along with chastity and obedience. Francis was also from a wealthy background, but appears to have embraced poverty wholeheartedly. Isn't that rather distasteful? Or, if not, seriously warped? In the face of the cost of living crisis, poverty is certainly an escalating concern in this country and around the world. Almost one third of children in the UK, around 4 million, live in poverty, defined as living in a household where household income is 60% or more below the national median. One in seven households lives in food insecurity, assessed to be unable to afford or have access to food for a healthy diet. Professor Michael Marmot, whose work provides an analysis of the impact of social determinants on health, evidences growing inequality in this country over the past decade. These trends have been exacerbated during the COVID pandemic and most recently by the cost of living crisis as the effects of inflation hit food and energy prices in particular. As a result, life expectancy, which has been on an improving trajectory for many years, has stalled and in the most deprived communities in our country has begun to reverse. Poverty is seriously bad for your health. As you may know, I work in public health. In the borough where I work, there's a gap in life expectancy between the most affluent and deprived areas of more than a decade. And even greater when we look at healthy life expectancy, the period of our lives that we live free of health problems. Globally, we perform very poorly on these measures. Amongst wealthy nations, only the United States is consistently worse. It's important then, I think, if we are going to discuss poverty, that we don't overlook the human hardship it causes in our country and indeed the wider world where impacts are even more stark. Biblical and therefore religious poverty though is not an extreme lack of resource 
that can make life impossible. The joy of poverty does not lie in having nothing, but rather in finding everything in God. Jacopone de Todi, the 13th century Franciscan poet, wrote, Poverty, deepest wisdom, you are slave to nothing. In your detachment, you possess all things. To have contempt for things is to possess them without risk. They cannot block the path to perfection. The man who desires possessions is himself possessed, having sold himself to the things he loves. God does not dwell in the heart that is confined, and a heart is only as big as the love it holds. In the great heart of poverty, God has room to dwell. During the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. As John Francis Friendship, an Anglican priest who was formerly a Franciscan brother, notes, the appeal to material possessions can imprison and blind us to our need for God. The embrace of religious poverty, he says, frees the heart to be filled by God and points to the ultimate absurdity of possessions, because at some point they'll all have to go house, belongings, people, and where then is our treasure, he asks. There's a world of difference between chosen poverty and enforced poverty, although I think it's fair to suggest that voluntary poverty has sometimes been embraced rather too forcefully in the church's history. St Francis himself repented of how he had failed to look after himself. The third order of St. Francis, open to anyone unable to pursue the religious life, but wanting to be directed by Franciscan spirituality, provides a reworking of the religious obligations in a helpful way. It focuses on simplicity, on recognizing what is essential in life and that our possessions are merely borrowed. We are called to see the world from an alternative perspective. Paul wrote, Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Productivity, striving, consumption and speed are some of the false gods of our Western culture and they help to drive inequality and material poverty in the world. An embrace of simplicity may actually be an antidote, encouraging us to live simply so that others may simply live. Amen.
Let us pray. Christ, our hope of glory, still our clamouring hearts, that we may sit with devotion in your presence. Give your church faith to sing of your majesty. And we ask for your blessing on the leaders of your holy churches, and especially on Justin and Stephen, our archbishops, Sarah, our bishop, and Alison, our rector. Also today we pray for the Episcopal Church and for Michael Curry, presiding bishop, for the church in Skara in Sweden, and for its bishop, Ake Bonnier. In our own diocese, we pray for the Chelsea Deanery, for Jenny Welsh, area dean, for the Deanery Synod and its staff. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Christ, our hope of glory, give to all leaders and rulers space to reflect on your will. Restore a right vision and sense of priorities. We pray for our Queen and for our government and the leaders of the nations, praying for peace throughout the world. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Christ, our hope of glory, in hospitality some have entertained angels and met with you. Open our hearts to share what we have with those in need. We pray for refugees in our world and those who provide support to them. We pray for those on the streets in London and elsewhere and for those who serve them. Continue to pray also for journalists around the world and especially those in harm's way in the course of their work. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Christ, our hope of glory, in our suffering we share in your passion. Strengthen all who call out to you in distress. We remember before you all those in our parish community in this city and around the world who are in need at this time. We pray for any others known to us and all who suffer. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Christ, our hope of glory, you hold before us the promise of salvation. Deliver us at the hour of our death. We remember before you all the recently departed and those whose year's mind comes at this time. Rest eternal grant unto them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. Bring us to that banquet where saints and angels delight in your eternal presence. 
Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers, prayers for, for the, the sake, sake of, of thy Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Amen. of God which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you all.